0: and welcome to the Nursing Standard podcast. I'm Flavia Munn, editor of Nursing Standard. This episode focuses on leadership and communication, two very popular topics among nurses. Specifically, we're examining how nurses in the early and middle part of their careers can build their confidence and hone their communication skills for leadership development. So joining me to discuss this is Gemma Stacey, Director of the Florence Nightingale Foundation's Academy and also a mental health nurse and academic. The academy runs a series of leadership and development courses, including on unlocking the barriers that hold nurses back on an individual level. So hello and welcome to the podcast Gemma.
1: Well thank you Flavia for the invitation, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for
0: sparing us the time, I know you're very busy so we do appreciate it. So I wanted to start by asking you um, if you can explain why leadership skills are so important for nurses right from the outset of their careers.
1: Absolutely. I think it's something that I have believed in uh, throughout my own career and considered myself as a leader from the moment I stepped into my nurse education. And that was because for me, leadership isn't defined by your positional hierarchy or your job title. It's very much about that motivation that's within the individual to want to influence and that that influence is driven by a desire to improve the experiences and outcomes of those that are in our care. So this is not just afforded to those who have manager or matron in their title, it can apply to every single one of us that has opportunity to make a difference. And I think there's a real sense of the unique opportunities that those early in their career have as leaders because they come with that enthusiasm and that energy to really see things and want things to be different. And they can become a role model for all of us, even those of us that have been established in the profession. We can learn so much from those that have got that fresh perspective on, on situations and challenges that we ourselves either don't see anymore or can't potentially see a way around and those individuals as role models can really help us again to remember what really excellent care looks like and they set a standard for themselves that becomes infectious you can really see how others then start to emulate those individuals and and want to have the same kind of standards of practice that that those people put into place on a day-to-day basis. So there's something very unique and special about the nature of leadership at the early career that that every single one of us should make the most of and really take advantage of and and really foster and promote.
0: Mm, Thank you for that. And how does communication play a a role
1: in, in this? Well, I think it's important, first of all, to say that there is no one voice of a leader. And sometimes early in our career, we can see people that we think we need to um, be more like in order to uh, progress or to have the authority we perceive we need to, to enable us to lead. But actually, leadership has all sorts of different voices and having confidence in our own authentic voice to lead is really at the heart and the start of developing that confidence and that communication and sometimes we can make assumptions that certain personality types or communication styles are more suited to leadership roles so we might think those who are more extroverted who speak out in meetings share their ideas and more vocal in those um, collective environments are our future leaders but actually that's not the case there are leaders in every single interaction uh, that we have and what we need to do is make sure that we have the right environments for those different voices that diversity of voice and personality type uh, cultural influences all of those things to be brought into the into the decision making process so we just need to find that confidence in ourselves I guess and And that's about thinking, well, are my contribution is of equal value to anyone else that sat around this table? But also to be quite strategic and identify the right forum where you feel you are most able to share your views and and have your voice heard. So being very purposeful about that and seeking out those opportunities to put forward your perspectives. And that can
0: be quite hard to do, can't it? I mean, I know you've spoken before about um, kind of self-limiting beliefs that that nurses have that that can hold them back in their careers. Can can you tell us a bit more about um, what these beliefs are and and sort of how how you see that they they sort of um, affect nurses' development?
1: Absolutely. And I I guess it's not just about nurses. We all have self-limiting beliefs. It's part of our human makeup. We um, we are sh- given messages as we're growing up through the education system, and um, through important relationships in our our lives, like parents, siblings, friendships, and and these all contribute to how we perceive ourselves and our capabilities um, for progression as we as we grow into adulthood, and. Often in those situations, we can be put into boxes and labelled um, as young people uh, of having certain strengths and capabilities, but also certain weaknesses which start to limit how we perceive ourselves and, and what we can achieve. So my example is that I have dyslexia and before the dyslexia was diagnosed, I was very much put into that box of not being Uh, clever, so um, not academically able and um, somebody that would need to pursue a a role or a, a vocation that was more practically orientated. And even when the dyslexia was actually diagnosed, I'm a child of the 80s, there just wasn't the same level of support and awareness and understanding of how you can really support those with dyslexia to thrive within education. And it was my desire to be a nurse that made me really challenge that belief and and really work my very hardest to get the GCSE results that I needed to be able to access nursing. And and I surprised everyone, but mostly myself, that by having that real tenacity and that focus on on the end goal and, and commitment to working really hard, that I was able to to achieve far beyond anything that I imagined and and went on to exceed expectations in in my A-levels as well. So I guess in that way, I started to understand that these boxes that we're put into and these perceptions that others have about us that start to really become part of our own identity, there is potential for us to challenge those things. We don't have to accept uh, how others might perceive us and and how we've been told to perceive ourselves. And and for me, that's been about a really strong work ethic. And I now apply that principle to everything where I've really got the desire and the motivation and passion. If I, I know that I can work hard enough to achieve those things, it won't ever come easy or naturally to me, but I can achieve them if I work hard enough. And I guess in nursing, there is that added element that reinforces many of those self-limiting beliefs. As a as a profession, we can accept some of those um, limitations that are imposed upon us as a whole. So, for example... A relationship that we perhaps have with other healthcare professionals where we don't consider our knowledge and expertise as on an equal level to, to those and therefore don't always feel confident to assert our professional opinions and viewpoints in the same way that other professional groups do. And another example is how we can sometimes have this very traditional perception of the career path through nursing and that that we reinforce that within the profession so those who are more established maintain those same messages that we have to take that very traditional career path and, and that that involves working for so many years in a particular setting before we progress onto it to another setting and so to speak about a different path through nursing as a career or to speak openly about your ambitions to achieve something that um, in the future that is really fantastic and and really enables you to have a platform to make a difference we're often encouraged to hold that back and 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 that's not seen as something that we promote so so the self-limiting beliefs are there they're amongst all of us but if we're not if we're not raising them to our consciousness and having opportunity to think critically about those things and we just accept the the limitations that are applied to us it's very difficult then for us to progress through our careers mm. So you've
0: explained um, very well, in, in, inspiring for for, for listeners um, uh, uh, with regards to your your own um, story and what you've done to sort of um, overcome, you know, sort of almost being put in a, a box, as as you, as you put it. Um, what what advice would you give to others, you know, that's that's sort of transferable to to different um, self limiting beliefs, I guess. So I think for
1: For me, reflective practice is the space where we can start to unpick some of these uh, assumptions that are are placed upon us and question them and really critique what's driving them, what's the motivation to sustain these beliefs about ourselves and about our profession. I'm a massive advocate for clinical supervision. I've um, benefited from that forum myself and and also facilitated that that reflective practice forum for many, many student nurses and and early career nurses and and other colleagues to really start to help them to identify where those assumptions are guiding their thoughts and their behaviours and their interactions with others and really start to to unpick that and and understand it from a critical perspective. I think the other thing is about constantly investing in our personal and professional development. I consider myself as never finished. And although I've spoken a lot about some of those self-limiting beliefs often emerging initially in our childhood, we're constantly having life experiences that cause us to reevaluate ourselves and our capabilities and our um, the way that we respond and show up to different challenging situations and I I consider that a constant work in progress so I will always think about how I can reflect and learn from the feedback that I'm given from others from situations that I find myself in where I've been pushed out of my comfort zone and very much feeling that learning zone and and making sure that I invest that hard work um, that you need to do in yourself to continuously question um some of those beliefs and and look for evidence that might demonstrate that that is not actually the case Mm, mm, yeah yeah. I really really Mm. agree with
0: that I'm definitely a work in
1: progress myself (laughs) there's also something about championing each other as well Mm. Lavia I think one of our um challenges in this and often is that we that we don't necessarily see the value in enabling each other to really find our own lights and help each other to shine as absolutely as brightly as as we possibly can and um and I think that's something that I really try to foster in the teams that I work within that that each and every one of our successes is has the collective benefit To the organisation and ultimately to the people who are receiving our care. So when we're having, I'm particularly when I'm having a confidence wobble, I will seek out some feedback from people that I trust. I'm ask for their their viewpoint on and how a situation played out and get a different perspective. And and selecting those people that you trust is is really important. Having that really strong support network around you. Who will help you think about how you can learn and grow, but also are celebrating your successes and helping you to see those successes when perhaps you're finding it more difficult to see them yourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great point because I was going to ask you about sort of you know what you've learned your yourself really to, that's helped you to to sort of build confidence and 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 get ahead. I mean, it's interesting what you're saying about the the kind of trusted group. I mean, how would how would someone go about? Kind of identifying those individuals.
1: I, I think you come across them um mm-hmm. throughout your career amongst your friends, your family. They're the people that you know are have your absolute best interests at the heart of any feedback that they offer. So they don't. There isn't a, an alternative agenda that's that's driving the feedback. And um, and so quite often it's it's people that you've had longer term relationships with, that you have um, had the opportunity to really grow together. and making sure that you really foster those relationships and, and you put as much energy into giving back into those relationships as you as you take out as well. So, when i there are a handful of people, Flavia, to be honest, that I would consider on as part of that circle of of trust, where I genuinely believe that they can offer me an insight into myself uh, that in that that particular situation I would struggle to see without their without their feedback mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and and I imagine they're they're kind of uh, not not just people you kind of work with day to day they're they're kind of uh, across different um different periods and experiences in your career yeah
1: yeah yeah.
0: absolutely Mm.
1: and and Mm. you know friends and family as well so it's not always about the professional network sometimes it is about those that that know you in your and rawest um rawest sense of self Mm. and um, and having those people that can give you that honesty
0: yeah yeah def- definitely yeah th- thank you for that and, and being very honest a- about it too <laughs> it's, it's it's always good to hear when when people other people need help because I think yeah. we all we all think oh god is it just me
1: <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely yeah. you're right and mm-hmm. I'm seeing that as a as an act of, of bravery and and you know mm-hmm. that something that I enjoy listening and reading about leadership in lots of different fields not just in healthcare and and one of the um kind of principles i guess of of authentic leadership that's um that's come from the research in big big industries and organizations is how important it is for leaders to seek out support and when we do that that we see that as an act of courage um that we that we have identified a place where we feel and an environment where we feel safe to show our vulnerabilities, and that we role model that act of seeking support as something that shows others that this is a brave act and not a failure on our part. So it's something that, you know, I I regularly practice, um, and and I've yet to find it has any kind of detrimental impact it's uh, I'm always relieved when I've um, given myself permission to do that mm. it's a
0: bit like um if if you're struggling say you know with with mental health isn't it being yes. being brave enough to, to seek seek help and, and admit it really isn't it absolutely Mm, definitely um so i wanted to close by by asking you really um what um your sort of main takeaway tips are for for nurses who perhaps feel stark or, or nervous about putting themselves forward for new opportunities or, or promotion i know it's so it's you know we were talking before we recorded about um you know the, the podcasts we we like personally and stuff but you can listen to them but, but sometimes when you just have to go and do it yourself put yourself out there it's hard <laughs> so how, how can you how can you help us Gemma <laughs>
1: oh well I should do my best um, <laughs> so, so one of my thoughts and and this has served me well in the past is is to just have a go so um if there is a role that you really really are interested in um but you look at the job specification and you're not sure that you have the experience, or um, some of you don't quite meet some of the criteria. One of my best pieces of advice is to put in the application and to contact the area that you're applying to and have a conversation about why you're motivated to apply for that particular role. And my from experience, I've had a couple of examples where that's worked in my favour. And what they can see is there are areas that i still needed support and development in but because of other areas of strength they were willing to to consider me and i was successful for those those roles and the first example i had of that which is really relevant to our early career uh, listeners is is um, my ambition to be a community mental health nurse so that was where i wanted to be ultimately in my my career and at the time I qualified there wasn't really a um a precedent for going into those roles as a newly registered nurse and um and in my particular trust you had to have worked um for 18 months registrate registering um before you would be considered but I um I'd only been qualified eight months I contacted the um the, or the the leader of the team that i was applying to work within and had that conversation and just expressed that motivation and commitment and real desire to want to be in that position in the community and and it and it worked it was it was enabled me to be successful in what i think is the most privileged job that anyone could ever have as a community mental health nurse so Yeah, that there are some some positives. And I guess just to flip that around, if that hadn't been the case, one of the things that I've learned, not immediately, but over the years, is that my sense of self-worth and confidence can't be dependent on success in, in situations that often I don't have control over. So I try not to think about my confidence as being defined by a job title or winning particular awards or publications. In in my case, it's it's a job where I feel that I'm living my values on a day to day basis. And that's how I measure my success in my in my professional role. So so try not to focus too much again on on putting yourself in those situations, perhaps not being successful for that job but remembering that it is about your passion and your values and they're the things that are most important. And, and that all these opportunities give us an opportunity to learn as well, to, to um you know really hone our interview skills or to think about how we present ourselves in a cover letter in a different way. So if we can always be thinking about every opportunity as a development opportunity and and not seeing it as, again, a failure, then it helps us to be a bit braver and put ourselves forward for for some of those um, things that we perhaps before would have have seen as slightly out of our reach or unattainable to us.
0: Mm. That's, that's absolutely fascinating so, so, listening to you there like nodding away because I was thinking sort of how I came in into this job really and actually what you were saying about passion I I do think that's probably how I got this yes. job because yeah. I'm really passionate about it. I'm not, I'm not, you know. I certainly there's there's things I needed to to learn then, and things I still very much need to learn, you know. And it's um, yeah, it's it's, it's really interesting. You know, I guess it's just being um, uh, self-aware and yeah. and you know, keep keep learning. Like you say, you you're never a, a kind of finished uh, product, really. And
1: no, no reflection.
0: Absolutely. Um mm, Yeah. De- definitely. That's 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 so helpful. Well. Well. Thank you very much, um, Gemma, for for taking part in in the podcast. And I know that that the um academy also has um many courses that that people can can find out some some very uh useful training um from as well. Can't they? Can, can they just find those from the um sort of uh, foundation website? Is is that best?
1: Yes, that's a really good source of information. Um, and also all the social media channels always advertise the latest opportunities as well. Um, I guess the other thing to mention is that we do offer membership of the FNF Academy and, and that enables every nurse and midwife within an organisation to access Lots of different types of leadership development that we offer through the foundation and just become part of a network of like minded, passionate, motivated nurses and midwives who share those same leadership um, attributes and and passions that that you do. So um, just to become part of the Florence Nightingale Foundation community, uh, the membership is a great way to start with that. Definitely. And and also I'll just um obviously uh, pr- uh,
0: promote this this podcast too because uh, we've got a number yes. of um other episodes that are also on on leadership one I recommend is the the one with um Karen Bonner a chief nurse um about and she talks about authentic leadership so yeah that's 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 great yeah um well thank you again Gemma I really appreciate the time and I found it really interesting um personally and applicable you know as as someone who's who's not a nurse by, by background. So, um, I hope it's, uh, e- even more useful for, for nurses thank and you. students who listen. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that all the resources connected with this episode of the show can be found at rcni.com forward slash podcast, where you can also catch up on any episodes you may have missed or simply want to play back. And we greatly appreciate any feedback. So please do rate or review us on Apple or Spotify podcasts, which will also help other people to find us. I hope you enjoyed the show.